0: Welcome to the Making Note Podcast. I'm your host, Avish Bama, and I'm also the founder and CEO of a San Francisco-based startup called Sonia.ai. We're building a note-taking assistant that captures intelligence from meetings to help take notes, summarize, and handle follow-ups for you. Our mission is to help leverage AI to give you your time back. And this podcast is about getting leverage in life. So we'll be diving into three areas, health, wealth, and happiness. In today's episode, we talk to Sebastian Serrano. Sebastian is the CEO of uh, Ripio, uh, which is the largest exchange and wallet uh, for Bitcoin and other decentralized uh, assets in Latin America. And we talk all things crypto. So we're going—we cover the the market, the community, what developers are working on. Security tokens, non-fungible tokens, decentralized apps. I think Mark Andreessen or something said, eighty billion dollars is put into venture capital every year, or maybe anywhere between fifty to eighty billion
1: are put into venture capital. Is
0: put into like startups every year. Um,
1: Twenty went to
0: and twenty. I think it's a new pool of capital. Yeah, it's a new pool of capital. Twenty is already going into into crypto. crypto. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are losing a lot of money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But imagine like if just a few projects succeed, like, uh, let's say like 1% of that money makes it.
0: Yeah. If 1% makes it.
1: It's like $200 million in successful startups. That's true. That's
0: true. What do you think about liquidity being a feature versus a bug? like you know in in uh, after the dot-com boom and bust yeah you know all of these companies that exist today all the major tech companies that exist today netflix amazon apple google facebook even microsoft to some degree um they all spent a lot of time building and they lost a lot of market value in the dot-com bust yeah but like google was started in 98 Amazon started in the mid-90s, I think. Um, Facebook was started in 2003. And this is all like... Netflix was started, I think, in 98 or something. Don't quote me on this. But they like built a lot over the course of a bear market yeah. when nobody mm-hmm. wanted to do anything with tech. Yeah. Uh, and so Jeff Bezos, Larry Page, Mark Zuckerberg... All of these, yeah. you know, 20 years later, they took advantage of, you know, essentially building um, uh, monopolies during that time. However, I think a big difference between this and in crypto is in crypto, it's all liquid.
1: So if people want to sell, they sell. Um, yeah. And also, I feel like there's not going to be... Uh I don't think this going to be a huge like I think tokens of not successful startups are going to fade they're not going to tank like like in the dot com because these projects have a ton of money and and but they're pretty cheap like they need like 10 developers to realize what they're supposedly going to do so they they can run like for many years on the funds that they got.
0: Yeah, but that's not what they're doing. They're they're taking the funds that they've gotten and they're putting it into they're turning it themselves into a fund.
1: Yeah, many are also becoming funds. Right. So they, they but they're investing in the same ecosystem. So it's right. all getting super interlinked. Yeah. And also they like, they, even on their own tokens, they are doing a lot of market making. Like they're hiring people to do market making of their of their own token. Yeah. And, and so that will sustain the liquidity of their tokens for a long time. And they have funds to like, so I think I don't, f- like every project I think is going to fade, it's not gonna disappear, like overnight. Uh, so that's that makes it very different from the .dot com, and, and I, a, don't, I don't don't and don't really grasp the di- like the, how the dynamics are going to play out.
0: Yeah, I guess it's interesting because the the parallel is like if you own shares of a startup that fails, the shares are deemed worthless, yes. and you'll never realize the value of those shares. If you own tokens of a project that quote unquote fails. Th- the way the project fails is developers stop building on it uh, and maybe like leave the project. Um, there stop being advancements, maybe there's no adoption. But yeah. people still own the tokens which are traded yeah. in some As long that is someone
1: willing to buy them. Yeah, they so can they go.
0: Yeah, they could be like super distressed. They might be traded like penny stocks or something like that. Yeah. But they'll be traded I still think that um most of these I think people don't understand the the dynamics of um why tokens are successful and why they actually have value. Mm-hmm. And if you think about like what so if like like these networks are hyper competitive networks and it essentially eliminates any um any margin that uh, of like operating free cash flow that a business would would generate, but where the the value of the token accrues is, or where the value of the network accrues is into the token. Yeah,
1: and um, also yeah. I think like we don't also know exactly how um, how to make valuable a token. And there are different theories about how you like because it 's a new way like with with i c o s it's a new way to architect a business, yeah, and there is several experiments going on on how you architect a business uh ultimately you wanna make the token more valuable, and there are like different theories on how you make that there is people that is taking um economic uh, theory for money and trying to build velocity in in the product so that you have to use the token a lot and like inter-exchange it so and the theory behind it is like the more the token is used and the, the more velocity there is in the network then the friction will make the token more valuable um, there is other people that is uh, thinking in a different way which is no, the token will get more valuable if people ha- wants to hold it and rather like just to keep it. Um, and if you build dynamics uh, for people to keep that token, then it will increase in value because there, I- there are holders of that, like it's completely the opposite. You you want people not to m- move it, not to trade it. So that if they hold it, then then it will increase the value of that token. So and, and there are different ways to try to incentivize that um and different mechanisms for that. And we will see like in in the next few years which like which ones do better and which like maybe uh maybe like if you look at Bitcoin for example, Bitcoin doesn't have extreme velocity, like people doesn't use it for payment, but it has a lot of value, like because it has holders, like it has the hodlers. Uh, and They don't want to spend it, um, and then you have like Ethereum that is also very worth. Uh, it has a lot more velocity. Uh, it's not s- such a so good as a store of value because it, there is no limit to the uh, how m- how many ethers there will be. Um, but it's also valuable. So, um, well, I think we will end up in the future seeing like. Which projects are doing better or not, and there are some that maybe fail in terms of like token economics um, because the the way the engineering the, the engineer the token the uh, was wasn't the the one that maximizes the the value of the token um, and that breaks the community that is around it. Um, so that there are a lot of questions that I still need to to get answered.
0: Yeah. What do you think of the market that we're in right now?
1: Well, it's clearly a very bear market. A bear uh, market. And, and when there are, like, people is, um, so so the, the value has gone down a lot, and there is people that is thinking that it's not gonna turn, like, it's, it's not gonna change for a long while, and there's people that is going that is thinking that it's like, by the end of the year, we'll, we'll have another bull market, like, Another like similar pattern to to false of and all the speculation is around institutional money. So if institutional money comes in, then uh, that fresh money will uh, will flip the market and become a bull market again. That's why the like this month that we saw we, we saw a price moment go, going up and breaking. Uh, 8000 again was because of the news about maybe the the SEC reviewing the ETF from the Winklevoss. The uh, SEC, yeah. The SEC. Um, so every time there is a speculation about a, a way for institutional investors to start getting into, into cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin, you will see this these changes of, of movement. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think like there's still a lot of uh, friction for institutional investors to to get into um into into the market and i'm not entirely sure like that that is going to be solved in, like in the next 6 months i i think that it, it might take a longer time to um to fix like to build all the regulations with good custodians uh build a how to sell to institutional investors um and then there are but there are other things that could also turn the market i think like there is a lot of like we now have all these projects that are ico and that's like today like more than 20 billion dollars in funding for yeah. for these projects and that is building uh i can like what is called like a web, uh, web free or DApps. These are technologies for building um, products on top of blockchain and and cryptocurrencies. And if just a, a piece of that works, I think that 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 will bring the next hundred million users that we're, we're looking at. Like that that we will need to to be back in a in a bull market. Yeah, I think
0: there's... I mean, I have a different take on this, which is I think there's too much money and too few ideas. And some institutional capital has come in, uh, which is propping up the market. and um, But a lot of institutional capital is still on the sidelines. And even the projects that are raising a lot of money don't know how to deploy the money. So... So they're all yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- like like it's it's too much capital and too few ideas because they're they're people still don't know where traction where adoption is going to come from uh, and now this is it's like a massive um, uh, market that has been created based off of speculation uh, and in many cases decentralization is very inconvenient and you know I like one of the common themes that I hear a lot about is a decentralized AWS and I'm like I'm like pretty bullish on that idea because AWS works great um it's (laughs) it's easy to use Um, when something goes wrong you have someone to call they have great customer service Um, uh, it's relatively cheap yes it is centralized but I care less about the centralization uh, than I do about the friction in usage. Like uh, anything that's going to be decentralized, it's going to get adoption because a government is not allowing the market to do something else in a centralized way. And then it, the government is also not able to ban doing it in a decentralized way. And so. The end user chooses the decentralized option because it's facilitating something for them that they otherwise could not have had. So, like as an example, like a decentralized Twitter or a decentralized AWS or those types of things. I think it they'll work in places like Turkey, where you are not allowed to you're you're not allowed to have free speech because you get thrown in jail if you tweet about anything or they'll work in places um, in the world where you're just not allowed to do certain things. But I don't think that it'll ever disrupt
1: AWS.
0: And I think, you know...
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely sure because like, I see a lot of developers are starting to build tools on top of these things. Um, like for example, I've been playing with the SDK from Decentraland and they use IPFS for the storage.
0: You walk through what that is.
1: So the Central is a virtual world um, where all the properties register in the Ethereum blockchain. So the world is divided in parcels that are, uh, it's like the land in 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 the world, and every parcel is registered as a non-fungible token, which is one of the themes of this year, and that non-fungible token represents that parcel and is associated to a Ethereum address so that Ethereum address is that, that own parcels can upload content into the parcel and when you upload content you do it to IPFS which is a decentralized storage uh, based on this technology and then when you upload something into IPFS it's like bloating a folder into this decentralized net- network for the storage it gives you a hash of what you bloat and then on the central end you ask you link your token your non-functional token of the parcel to this hash on ipfs uh, so when you're walking through the world you are basically parsing the smart contracts of the non-functional tokens and you get the hashes and you Pull all the content from the parcel, like the 3D objects, the audio, the, the the different models of that that parcel that makes all the architecture and all the things from IPFS, and, and it really works. Uh, like it, I've seen it working, and there are more developers getting educated and learn about how to use these tools, and and there is a lot of developer. Uh, um, engagement and a lot of developers building on these tools so like if you f- you follow the developers like that's the future like if there are enough developers working on these things we're going to have a future of decentralized apps um, and IPFS is free like it's, it's very compelling for like you just upload things and they, you pay no one
0: w- what else are developers working on you mentioned Non fungible tokens, and then you mentioned security tokens.
1: So where you uh, see, so th- there are two trends right now. Like especially, um, non fungible tokens is um, basically like if you, if I give you a Bitcoin and you give me a Bitcoin, it's the same. Like they're worth one Bitcoin both. Uh, so that that means they're fungible. Like you, like each one of them uh, looks the same. Like one dollar is the same that to another dollar um but you can also use the blockchain to register things that are unique um and that is like like one token is not fungible with another and that's called non non fungible tokens and there is a standard for that which is called ERC20 um, 721 mm-hmm. and so there is a lot of people starting to use it for different uh for different use cases the main one it seems to be gaming uh so if you're if you're a video game developer, you can start registering the assets of your video game, so the user owns that assets and then a market can evolve from that like you play let's say you're you're playing a video game like World of Warcraft, you build all these items um but they're not transferable and you don't really own them um you just have a license to use them inside that that game. Um, but it could be built, uh, a future where you actually own these items and you can sell them. Like maybe you can even make a living off, uh, essentially
0: buying, um, these digital properties.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of development, uh, about that. Um, there was recently like kind of one of the first conferences for uh, NFTs in Hong Kong. I, that was last week, and I was there, and you can see like there is a lot of excitement from from the gaming industry to start um, using this technology. And and the other thing that is also starting to be uh, like a trend this year is security tokens. And in in security tokens are kind of like the same tokens um, from the ICOs. But the, in the ICOs, you're trying to say that it's not a token, that it's, a, it's not a security, it's a utility token that allows you access for, for utility um, to a product. But on a security token, you, you say it's an, a security token, like you don't try to circumvent the, the regulation and, and you're registering um, equity or economic interest of a company or a, or a product, um and now the uh, so the regulation is actually more clear for that, but it requires to <coughs> to have regulated exchanges and uh, but there is a lot of projects working on on to have regulated exchanges in the u s and worldwide and now many many companies that were looking into do an i c o are moving into doing an STO, uh, sec- a security token offering, mm-hmm. um, so that it can be regulated and it can be traded in regulated exchanges for securities. So that's, um, and the economics of that are, are a lot more clear. Like it's equity and you get um, dividends or it has like a share of profits. So it's, it's, it's a lot more clear on, on, on what the regulation is. Uh, now, what the the question is, does it have such an enormous market as, as token sales, as mm-hmm. uh, so utility token sales?
0: Yeah. Um, it's essentially like the new way of buying a piece of a company.
1: Yes. Uh, but it's a token that is registered on the blockchain and you can transfer it in a um kind of like you transfer any token.
0: Yeah, securitized tokens I think is going to be interesting. The the I've seen a lot of founders that have non-blockchain companies, like companies that have nothing to do with crypto at all. Yeah. Um saying but- that they want to do something in the security token space uh and create a security token for their companies because it's um, an easier means of raising um, capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: the, the, it, it's it's something that unlock a lot of capital, pools of capital that bef- that before were were easy to to reach, and is building a, um, a new global market. Mm-hmm. Like um, so, that's that's something. The that, the like that's why there is so much money in in ICOs is because you can make a token and you will get investors from everywhere yeah. and not like before like for example that's something that that I I think it has a lot of um, it's going to have a big impact in the world's economy that for example um, when I start uh, a startup in 2013 from like if I wanted to raise capital in Argentina, it would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. So I had to move to, to, to the Silicon Valley and talk with SF investors and like manage to fundraise in, in a traditional way, but that's very difficult for, for someone to do and it requires like a, a big, uh, big effort and a big leap of faith. Um, but now with this technology, you can be anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and fundraise globally. Yeah. Um, now in Buenos Aires, there are more than 30 blockchain companies that I think collectively may have reached more like close to a billion dollars in, in funding. Holy shit. Like you have Rootstock, uh, Zeppelin, oh, Centraland. Yeah. Root- Rootstock and is
0: most of it. Sorry to cut you off.
1: Yes. Uh, Rootstock is like a quarter of that. Yeah. But you have like a lot of projects that raise several million dollars. When like the the VC market, it doesn't exist. That is just in Argentina, there's only one VC and one accelerator. Mm-hmm. And the VC may, it, it looks more like a private equity than a VC. Yeah. Uh, but now you have all these projects that that are blockchain based, that are racing worldwide. And they're based in Buenos Aires.
0: And it's all kind of driven by what developers are interested in working on. Yeah. Just to play devil's advocate, I s- don't you still think that it's too much, like an abundance of capital, has been unlocked, but it's still too few ideas. Um, yeah,
1: I, I like, too few talent. Like there is not enough talent for right. like the the amount of capital. Like you have these projects that are fighting for developers. Yeah. Like and and like, you have more money that you're going spend, and you wanna spend it. But you'll be you, suspended you in building tech. And why would a talented
0: developer go to your project when they can go start their own project and raise tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, rather than work on somebody else's project? And it, like we're in this age where like talent is being spread out. Um, and in order to build anything great, you need to amass talent. Um, and it's it's like this brand new... Uh, set of uh, microeconomics where you now have to build a global team and yeah yeah
1: it's a, it's a very it's, it's, it's a very interesting moment in time yeah but 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 again like this technology is completely global and now it's like it's distributing a lot of things like Ethereum like for me the best way to describe Ethereum is like it's decentralized NASDAQ. Yeah. Like you, we now have a global Nasdaq. Yeah. And 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 it's really gonna disrupt the way that we start do startups. Like you see the projects in this space, and they're all rem- like they're very distributed. Like they run on a Slack. They're hiring everywhere because it's the only way to ra- like hire a team. Like if you try to build a team in one city, you're not gonna find a team of twenty. Yeah, in any location, right? You're gonna have to like f- of blockchain developers, right. In sh- one city, and you wanna build a big team, like it's gonna be super hard. Yeah. And so everybody's racing, like everybody's racing globally, is building global teams, is making global companies. It's um, very, very, very interesting.
0: You know the most f- popular, I guess, digital app that we've seen so far that recently launched is Augur. Right? Yeah. Can you think of another one?
1: Well, you have like CryptoKitties, which was a hit. Um Augur launched a few weeks ago and it has some good good market. Um then well the, there are a, a few other games, but yeah, Augur Crypto CryptoKitties are good examples.
0: how do you think this is going to change wallets and exchanges?
1: So I think like something is is change, That is all these developments are changing a lot. Wallets and exchanges is that before like the the way we saw wallets and exchanges was more like infrastructure companies that kind of like ISPs for the internet. Like you are the company that gives access, and it's interesting and it's a good business today, but not the greatest business. Ever, um, that was like before all this development. Now, like as there is more and more of these developments and dapps and web three and all these tokens and all these uh, and all these things that are built around this technology, wallets are looking more like the browsers of this technology, and and they they have a very close relationship with the user of this technology. So, so wallets are becoming a lot more complex. And bring getting more and more functionality into them, and they're they are becoming like key um key products in 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 this ecosystem and also security is so important that brands are becoming very strong like it's very difficult for a user to move from one wallet or another if there is not a massive trust mm-hmm. like moving your funds is easy, but the, you're trusting so much on on a company that the brands are becoming extremely strong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna see a lot more development on, on, on wallets and a lot more features on them. Extensions um, in mobile apps, uh, access to the apps like distributed applications and and they're going to they're going to be the place where you store your non functionables, like where you store your crypto kitties and your parcels of decentraland your non uh, your security tokens um so they, they they are having more and more features
0: don't you think wallets and exchanges to some degree are the only crypto companies that have actually gotten to product market fit
1: um yes but it's also because they're the oldest yeah, Like, the, the wallets and exchanges have five years now. So mm-hmm. they, they are the ones that have iterated the most. And, and they are... Right now, the only profitable businesses mm-hmm. are the wallets and exchanges. Yeah. But they are also because they have been the longest running.
0: What do you think of ICOs in 2018
1: versus 2017? Well, a, a lot of the... A lot of the excitement has gone, yeah. and like you don't see any more like crazy valuations. The, the The market is becoming a lot more conscious about the teams and who is investing. Um, there is still going on. Like there's still uh, there is still more uh, money from ICOs into the space than from VCs. Mm-hmm. and and it's still like a big. Like, a big percent of the old tech funding is is through is through this mechanism, uh, but it's becoming a lot more cautious. Like as as is a beer market, like it's a lot more difficult for ICOs to to do a to do a successful ICO. You see a lot of a lot of them failing to to raise the money they wanted.
0: I think what twenty seventeen created was a lot of noise, where now. Everybody wants to do an ICO, whether it's a good idea or not. And investors are becoming uh, bombarded with this noise. Like they have no idea how to differentiate signal from noise. So they're, they're now like taking more of a hands off approach and waiting. Um, And the, the projects that have actually raised are that are actually doing investment Are also doing this where they're like, okay, like We're not sure how to deploy right now because it's really hard to differentiate signal from noise Yeah, one thing that I've seen is um, You know, this initially started with a lot of um, Founders that couldn't traditionally raise from Silicon Valley Yeah uh, That now went and said, okay, I'll do an ICO and they, they raised Ten times, hundred times what they would have raised, what they would have been able to raise in Silicon Valley, if anything at all, yeah. um, they're able to raise that that larger amount from an ICO. And now I'm seeing like a lot of top notch founders that already can and have raised from Silicon Valley, start thinking about a quote unquote crypto strategy. Um, and uh, you know, for a lot of businesses, it just doesn't make sense. And so it contributes to the noise in a way that, uh, you know, like I think of, you know, props up the market and makes the market very frothy. Like I think people that something that people don't talk about a lot is projects that raise in Bitcoin and Ether um, often can't sell Bitcoin or Ether. Uh, because they aren't allowed to get exchange accounts, um, because the exchanges that are regulated will ask them, are you intending on selling funds that were raised through an ICO or something like that? And if you click yes, you're rejected um, for uh, getting approval of an account open. And so there's a lot of um, capital that's just propping up Bitcoin and Ether, um, and I have no idea what amount of the market, um, is driving the prices like after, you know, often like I read a headline a couple of months ago where it said, um, you know, the run up last year was really driven by bots, just, um, essentially creating fake volume.
1: Um, uh, I know a lot of the trading is bots and... Um... Many of this these projects also do market making. I think like if you, if if you if you had a decent strategy building the ICO, you will be able to sell the tokens. It's mm-hmm. not like if you did KYC during the project, use a proper like jurisdiction and like you had a some good legal advisory, you should be able to find an exchange that will uh, sell uh, where you can sell. The Ethereum and Bitcoin. Some projects are just paying in crypto. Yeah. Like there, I you know a few blockchain projects that are paying in their own token to their employees. Yeah. And and then the employees had to sell that, and you had to like uh, if you uh, if, like, if you analyze these projects, they, they, their their biggest expense is software development uh like what else you have to um and even I- and if you think okay i don't want to be exposed into cryptos you can go to an a stable coin um so i i don't think that is a, a a big issue um i think like the the run up last year was mostly driven by like uh the the there was a lot of people coming in and th- that made the price go up. It went a lot, it, it appeared a lot in the media, so that bring a lot more people. Uh, and then that, that built a, a, a cycle, these common cycles in crypto that, that make the price go up. And it's like self, um, it's, a, it's a self prophecy.
0: It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think I still think that uh, like I'm very long term bullish on crypto, but I think there's not enough people that are focused on building long term value right now. Like a lot of people are. And obviously, if you stick a ticker symbol on anything, everybody just wants to make money. But <laughs> but I think in order for crypto to do well over time, you have to have people that are committed to building value over long periods of time.
1: And there is there is a lot of there, people.
0: There there are some people, but I think there's a lot of people that are just trying to make a quick buck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. And and that and that gets clean through beer markets. Yeah. That that's, that's I think is good about beer markets. It beer markets is that you can focus on building on
0: it washes out a lot of uh Yeah, it yeah. washes
1: up a lot of the nonsense. Yeah. And you can like and. For example, for us it gave us time to uh, to polish everything that failed during the rally because all our systems were like really stressed out and yeah. we find a lot of things that had to be improved yeah. and we're improving them and it it gave us enough capital to um to realize a lot more of, of the vision and you and I think that is especially the oldest projects that all uh, they're 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 all enjoying the bear market.
0: Yeah, well, the, the projects that have raised are all enjoying the bear mar- bear market. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> one other question I have for you is crypto versus AI. Uh, there's in in AI you need essentially centralized data. Um, so you know companies like Google, Apple, Amazon, Facebook. They have a lot of data, and they can through this data. They can come up with training sets. They can build models. They can test it. They can iterate. Yeah. And they they do a lot of machine learning this way. A lot yeah, of like deep learning the, this way.
1: You will see, like every of every one of these companies, they release their models open source. Yeah. They, they release the papers and say, "You oh, here is the algorithm."
0: But you can't have the
1: data. You, you can have the data, and yeah. then like you can train it as we train it yeah uh, because we are the ones that have the data exactly and, uh, and that's
0: a good recruiting um, pipeline for them yeah uh, and and so uh, and, but through this this data and through them uh, you know com- doing all this machine learning, product value increases. so like I enjoy being able to you know log into Amazon and it knows what I want. Or it knows what I'm interested in looking for uh, b- before I need to look for it. Or I enjoy going to Google, and Google's getting really good at like knowing what I want to search for before I type it in, like based off of my prior search history that day. It, so it delivers more and more product value, which creates more and more of a monopoly. And um, you know, part of cryptos.
1: Um that's pro- tough for crypto because yeah. most of these projects are built around privacy. Yeah. Um and, and also blockchains are not good to store large amounts of data. Yeah. They, they're good to store state data. Um like for smart contracts, um, but it's it's not good to store large amounts of data. And even if we store large amounts of data, we are likely going to do it in crypto. And and there is not a good solution right now, in to give um, partial di- this disclosure um, or programmable disclosure of of your data. So, um, ma- like there is there is people working on this like uh, like C with C Snarks and they what are they, ha- they working on? The well, th- there is a lot of people working on. Technologies built around zero knowledge proofs, mm-hmm. where basically you can uh, query a data set, uh, and you can do operations kind of like counting the number of times that something appears in that data set, without knowing which ex- which exact uh, which are the exact entries that have that data. So you can over a population count let's say you have a database of uh, But how how is
0: the or how is the data labeled then?
1: Um it's labeled encrypt uh in a way that uh it's very difficult to explain the math. Okay. But basically um you can do for example pulling polling for voting and know the result of the election um, without knowing ex- exactly who vote for who, mm-hmm. and you can do a mathematical proof for that, but it's very complex math, and it's ex- ex- extremely difficult cryptographically to 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 do. But there is a lot of people working on this. Still, like it's, it's something that if there's where centralized systems are are much better. Yep. And I, like, the question there will be, like, yeah, I think, like, and, and it's a difficult one, because I think, like, people only care about privacy and security after bad things happen, Yeah, and not before them. Uh, so unless there is a, like, a huge, like, repeated, consistent, like, issues with privacy, like, big companies losing a lot of personal data then the the public is not going to care. That's that's something that I'm I'm uh that that I that it doesn't have a very easy resolution. So in that in that sense crypto projects are um for machine learning through large data sets, it's gonna be very difficult to to win to centralized solutions.
0: Sorry, just to repeat that, you think it's it'll be very uh,
1: difficult for blockchain projects to do machine learning. To do machine learning, yeah, I think it's gonna be very difficult. There is people working on it, um, very smart people, Um, but like how we like, it will require building like a a decentralized Google, and that works. That uh, works, but uh, you're still bullish. And,
0: you're still bullish on like centralized machine learning.
1: Well, it, it's clear that it's here and it's growing and it's doing better. Like, it's we're seeing like amazing products, yeah, popping up, um, and they will build up on that.
0: Yeah, and then in terms of so there's product value that comes from centralized machine learning, obviously. Um, where is the product value that comes from decentralization?
1: So you get like, I feel like the user maybe doesn't care that much. It's more from a ideological point of the, the maker. Um, do you, uh, by using, uh, decentralized applications, you are in control. The user is in control. Um, It's about freedom and and non censorship, which are which are very important to be uh, a free human being. Yeah. Um,
0: They balance each other out.
1: Yeah. So, well, um, if if we move into a future where all these technologies that from a centralized point of the the ones that are centralized they get abused more and more by governments i think people will start moving more and more into centralized the decentralized applications um i think like from developers and from this movement we just need to get very good at building very good products so people use them because they're cool because they're they are the best products in the market, and rather than because they are decentralized or not, right? Um, I care about that. I don't think people care that much.
0: Yeah, I still think we're a ways away from that. Like, I think the w- one thing I think that that'll be interesting is going to be
1: like I, I don't think you can make an ad and say this is a decentralized Google, right? Uh, Come use it because right. it's decentralized. I don't think like someone will care.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think you know part of the reason why I'm very bullish on wallets and exchanges even now going forward is because the on and off ramp of uh, getting people into and out of these tokens is I think we're just scratching the surface with with that and um, like I think the next uh, you know the next um, Nasdaq isn't going to be. Uh, the internet yeah yeah exactly like it's it's not necessarily going to be nasdaq adding crypto it's going to be crypto adding a decentralized nasdaq it's it's going to it's going to be an exchange that facilitates the ability to invest in um securitized tokens around the world globally uh and you know part you know part of What I think is interesting is just the ability to invest globally um, in a much more frictionless way because right now, like, you know, buying a security token is still very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. Like there's still like an immense amount of pain that is, that goes into setting up a wallet um, and all these other things. but. A lot of these central, a lot of these exchanges and uh, wallet providers are centralized, but there's still so much more innovation that can be done in enabling people to get exposure to um, crypto in in a more seamless way. So, totally. Yeah. Cool. Um, this was a good talk.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that concludes this episode. For more information about our guest today, or to see a transcript of this episode. Check out makingnote.com. And if you'd like to learn more about how to take less notes and be more present in meetings, check out sonia.ai.